0: Hi, and welcome to the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast. If you're tired of yo-yo dieting and want to learn how to permanently lose the weight in a way that it's simple, easy, and fun, you are in the right place because I can teach you how. I am your host, Chris Borlingeri, MD. Come on, let's go. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast. I'm so happy that you are here today. And I have a treat for you. I have another amazing guest on my podcast. I met her during my advanced certification in feminist coaching with Kara Lowenthal. And she's a coach who specializes on something that can be foreign for us, something extremely needed. And it is very countercultural to think this way. But I want you to just keep an open mind and lean into what she has to say and offer to us today, because it's going to help you, all of you, not only in your life, but in your weight loss journey, like overall as a human being in your journey. And it's actually something extremely needed and something that we rarely engage in if we don't really are aware and conscious about it. So I'm just going to let her introduce herself and what she's going to talk about. And let's hear it from Marisa McCool, which has the coolest name ever. And I know you have heard that before, but this is Marisa.
1: Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I have heard that, but you know what? I never get sick of it. Like, that's a great compliment. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be here. My name is Marissa McCool. So I actually, um, I coach folks who work in public health or helping professions eliminate their burnout by getting more rest. And I worked in public health for a few decades in reproductive health, in sexual violence prevention, in maternal and child health. And now what I really focus on, and this applies to anyone, whether you're in public health or not, focus on the way we think about rest, just culturally and in our society, and the way we think about productivity and this hustle to be good enough and get it all done and how that prevents us from getting rest and just really thinking about how to redefine rest. So I have a podcast called Redefining Rest. So really what I think about and talk about is like, let's shift the narrative on what rest is and make it much more personal and unique so you can actually take more of it. Yes,
0: I love that you mentioned that. And actually I want to start with that because we have this idea of rest and I have actually some of uh, my followers and my clients have asked me, what what ways of rest can I do that are not expensive or, you know, because we have like all the social media telling us what's rest or not.
1: So how will you define rest? Yeah, that's a great place to start. So I think like culturally and in society and in lay language, we think about rest in kind of two ways. One of the major ways is rest quote activities. And these are things we've been told should be restful. So sleep, vacations, spa or whatnot. And because we've been sold this idea, we believe rest is finite, It's only a certain amount of things and you can only access rest if you have the money for it or the time for it or the access to it. And that's really limiting. And that to me is not the, what rest is. We got to back up a little bit and just define what rest actually is. On a physiological level, right? The way your body works inside in ways you don't really have much control over, rest looks like a whole bunch of things. Like when you sleep, your brain is actually helping consolidate memories, your body's repairing muscles, your, um, the blood flow is changing. Like you're getting a lot of rest in your body physiologically at all times. So that we have to acknowledge is happening and you don't always have control over that. But when we're thinking about rest, often what we want more is the mental and emotional rest. We want the rest emotionally from not being exhausted, from not being overwhelmed. We want to feel peaceful, we want to feel calm. We want to feel rest from not having our brain constantly tell us we're not good enough. We're not doing enough. We need to do more. That's really what most of us are seeking. And we've just been sold this idea that in order to get that, you have to do certain rest activities, but that's not true. Like you could be on a beach and not feel restful at all. Cause you're still telling yourself, I haven't done enough. I have to do more. I don't have time for this. So it doesn't necessarily matter what you're doing. If your brain is still telling you all the ways that you need to do more, you haven't done enough, like it's not going to feel restful no matter what the activity is.
0: Yes, thank you for defining that for us because I can relate and I know many of my listeners will, will too that, you know, when you go on a vacation, when you come back and you need kind of like a vacation because you don't even feel rested and we are kind of like in this hamster wheel of, Just trying to achieve that quote unquote rest, but it's kind of like almost it gets to me the best way I can describe it. When I reach that point in my life, I was just trying to escape my life. I'm like, I just don't know what to do. I just need to be. And I remember saying this, and this is going to sound maybe um, not awful, but I said one day out loud to my husband with my kids in the car, I just need a break from life. And my oldest son told me, Mom, he's 11, but that means you would be dead. And I'm like, Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that's not what I'm meaning. But it just kind of like, I need like a coma, like doing the having this coma. So, how can you know if rest really comes from that conversation in our brain? It's not really like what we're doing. We're lounging on a chair by the beach and we're constantly having, Oh, I should be doing that. When I get home, I have to do that. And oh, look at my kids, they're like,
1: How can we achieve that rest? Yeah, I think part of it is because we also have this belief that rest comes after being productive. Uh, So we think of rest as like the a la carte, the like side fries that we might order, the side salad, and not the actual meal. And therefore, it's sometimes optional or not needed, or we have to you know so it makes sense that we push it to the side and we don't understand how to integrate it into our life because we don't believe it's a whole part of our life we think it's like the emergency a snack bar on the way out of the house versus eating a full meal so i think first we got to question that is like this idea that in order to rest you have to earn it you have to justify it you have to do more and like some of the ways this shows up particularly like thinking about um weight loss or exercising is like and you can totally choose to have a cheat day. This example is not to say cheat days are a problem, but just think about the idea that in order to eat something enjoyable, you you set yourself up to believe you have to work out enough. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We love pets here. okay, sorry. <laughs> My dog cat meowing in the background. (laughs) But like this idea that you have to work out a certain amount, or you have to restrict a certain amount before you can get whatever that rest is for you, whether it's taking a day off from working out or eating something you really enjoy. And we do the same at work or at home. Like I used to do. Oh, I can't watch the movie or TV show I want to watch unless I get my whole to do list done on a Saturday. Yeah, and that's just sets it up so that rest always gets pushed to the side and pushed last until you're at your breaking point where you're like, I really can't do this anymore. And so I think we have to flip that and think about how can rest be integrated as an equal part of our life, as part of our every day, and not just once a day. And that looks different for everyone. That's going to look different based on. Where you are in your life right now, your current circumstances, your values, your beliefs, and that changes day to day, week to week, year to year. And so it's really changing like our whole conception of integrating rest into our life. Yeah, just listening to that just
0: blew my mind. But even though I'm a coach and I try to integrate rest into my, like be intentional and aware of the rest that I take, just when you said look at it as the main dish and not as the side. Still blows my mind. Like, what what do you mean? Like, what do you, I have to do all these other things? And going back to the cheating day analogy, you know, as a former, uh, as a recovered binge eater and kind of like having that paradigm of, of let me restrict, 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 and then overeat or have a cheating day or binging day, you truly, it's like the rest, you truly don't enjoy it because in your brain, you're like thinking as you're eating all the compensation that you have to do the next day or the restricting. So you're never really in that zone. And I mean, as a working mom, I will tell you, there's always something else in that to do with that you can find to do. I remember when, whenever we live in Texas and our families are from Puerto Rico. And so we live by ourselves here. But when we would, I would have a baby, my in-laws and my mom, my parents would come And in addition to that, I had a nanny. And in addition to that, I had somebody who helped me with the house. And my husband, when they looked at me, he's like, Chris, we have so many people here helping. Why cannot you just sit down and watch TV with me? And I'm like, what what do you mean? There's so much to be done. So you just kind of like, how, what is an easy, I don't know, like um, trigger or thing that we can start to like, to start pivoting or start kind of like reorienting our brains when we find ourselves like being exhausted or just saying, okay, one more load, or mm-hmm. let me just finish this. And then, and then I'll get to sit down. What, what, what would you recommend that we just like a trigger, let's say for us to just go and and have some rest? What are some thoughts or cues?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think first, We need to just touch briefly on the fact that part of the reason, especially if you're socialized as a woman, you have that experience and I totally can relate to you and I don't even have kids. Like I have that mentality too, is because we're socialized to believe that our value and worth comes from doing, 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 serving other people, doing enough, having the perfectly clean home, also being, you know, the feminist who has a job and, you know, also looks a certain way. So like we're socialized to believe you have to do it all. And so the desire, well, I shouldn't even necessarily say desire, like the programming to go, go, go and not stop is very entrenched. So it can feel like it feels impossible to stop. And also if you do finally take a break, it can feel super uncomfortable because your brain's like, what are we doing? This is not productive. And you don't even really enjoy it because then you're just thinking about what you have to do next. Like you don't even get to enjoy it. So I think we have to recognize that and step back a little bit and look at the big picture. Like Of course, if you've been socialized to believe that your worth and value comes from serving others and getting it all done, then it does not feel feasible to just let the laundry be dirty for an extra day. Like that Mm. can feel really uncomfortable. But the truth is when you step back, it's like, what is truly going to happen if we don't do this laundry today? If we wait a day or even a week, like what really is going to happen outside of our own uncomfortable emotions and maybe thoughts we tell ourselves that don't feel good. I'll tell you that what's gonna happen. Even if let's say you're it's a lot of your kids' laundry and they don't really have like they still have some clothes they can wear. Like, is that really a problem if they wear pajamas all day on a Saturday at home? Right. We just just what they want to do anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is truly a practice because it is kind of a work to undo a lot of socialization and programming and not just. If you're socialized as a woman, I mean, even just living in a more kind of capitalistic um, society where like the workforce and technology is in a place of go, 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 do, do, do. I think every human has this kind of programming about always being quote unquote productive enough and having to earn rest. So I think one of the things folks can do is just start to question what they believe, like around why they have to do this stuff and what will happen if they don't. And really get curious with your thoughts, like really explore that more.
0: Yes, that happened to me. I was raised, uh, my mom would always say this. This is like so ingrained in my brain. We don't go to sleep with the kitchen dirty. Like it was Mm -hmm. just... And then here I am working mom with a home bakery. And then I'm just kind of like, just killing myself, getting everything clean until I did exactly what you just said. I'm like, what's going to happen if I just leave the dirty dishes in the sink? Like what's really going to happen? Because here my brain is freaking out, but we don't even know why, right? It's kind of like false alarm. And Believe me, for all of you that are listening, it was extremely uncomfortable that first night that I went to sleep with my kitchen, just with pots and pans and plates and dirty all over. Like my brain was going to, we're going to have rats. We're going to die. Like, this is just a (laughs) bad idea. (laughs) It felt awful. But I mean, with practice, trust me, it gets better. (laughs) And I don't do it anymore. And then the other day, for, for example, the, my parents are visiting. And the other day I was in the kitchen doing something and my mom comes in and immediately she starts doing the dishes. because she's like, remember, we don't go to bed with the kitchen. No, she said something like kitchen clean, house is clean, something. And I just laughed within myself. I'm like, just go for it, mom, if you want to. I just step back. So it seems like from what you're saying is we're so programmed to believe that our worth comes from what we do or what we do for others and these certain standards how we look and how we have our houses and how our kids are dressing, that if we stop doing that, subconsciously we're thinking we're not, we don't have value in that moment. We're not worthy because we're not doing. So rest translates to unworthiness in one way,
1: right? Yes. And we've been told this in so many ways. I mean, even just the narrative around like being lazy, yes. like that has such a negative com- connotation or, you know, people feel super guilty for binge watching TV. Um, or I know like I work with a lot of folks in in the work setting and they feel really guilty for asking for days off, even though they get paid time off, like even if they have that benefit, we just have been kind of socialized Um, in especially modern society and modern day to really believe that like rest is a problem. It means something's wrong with you. It means you're not good enough. It means you won't succeed. And that's just not true at all. In fact, there's a lot, especially growing more and more research showing that in order to be more efficient, if you are thinking about like work or whatever goals you want, in order to really work towards them, rest is one of the main components. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've read the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell but he talks about the research that talks about um, how in order to become an expert at something you need 10,000 hours of practice, what he happens to leave out in the research is how much sleep and rest you need, which is double, triple the amount of hours of practice in order to get there. So we just leave that piece out about how important it is to get rest. So that's one piece. But even if we aren't talking about goals or you know work or whatnot, we are humans who need rest to function. Our bodies need rest. Our minds Mm -hmm. need rest. And you're right. It is uncomfortable at first because of our beliefs, but I want folks to think about this way. If you sit with that short-term discomfort, what are you going to get in the long-term on the return? Because even your example in the Mm long-term, now you're in a place where your mom can even come and she might feel anxious about, the kitchen not being clean and you're fine you're feeling Mm -hmm. restful that's the long-term outcome of allowing the short-term discomfort
0: yes that's so awesome again with practice it is uncomfortable like initially it's uncomfortable but with practice you get to the other side and you're like oh that's so good i started doing that yes and i love that you mentioned that book because we do i mean we do know that we as we're sleeping our neurons, the cells in our brain are consolidating the knowledge that you acquire throughout the day. And that's why it's so important. I tell my, my kids like you need to sleep in, in order to, to keep that learning going and to grow. We grow when we're, I mean, kids grow while they're sleeping. And I want to add for my peeps who are trying to lose weight that when you have poor sleep or poor rest, your brain is not going to be the most efficient at making the best decisions for yourself. You're going to be kind of like on go, go, go mode. Um, Your brain is going to be in survival mode. Your hormones that increase hunger go up. So, and you, and it has been shown actually with studies that whenever you are not well rested, you go grab the more calorie dense foods you're just, you just, your body's trying to protect you. Yeah. It's like like in survival mode. Like we need something survival mode. Yes. Let's just eat all the things. Otherwise we're going to die. That's what the brain is thinking. Um, so any other, I wanted to touch base a little bit because you have been in public health and many of my listeners are physicians or in the, um, in the medical industry. Like what would you say, (laughs) this is this can be another episode about like the scheduling and uh, like how productive you're expected to be in in the medical setting but what's one way this is like a double question what's one way we can deal with the thoughts of oh I'm not doing my job well if I'm resting enough or taking those days off and also the other side of that what's my boss gonna think of me what my patients are gonna think of me what my co-workers are going to think I'm lazy in that I'm not working well. Like, like, I mean, I'm sorry if I
1: bombarded you with two questions. No, that makes sense. But It's mm -hmm. like two things. One is this Mm -hmm. belief that if we rest, that's actually going to hinder our ability, our, our goals, our efficiency. And that's just a total lie. That is absolutely not true. When we are rested We have much better ability to tap into our prefrontal cortex to strategically think to problem solve, especially if you're a physician working in a situation where it might be crisis mode or like quick decision-making. You need that rest in order to access your prefrontal cortex in order to have your highest level thinking. So rest actually can make you more effective and more efficient. We've just been sold this idea that that's not true. And that's just a fallacy. So I think you have to remind, you have to constantly remind yourself of that and practice rest so you can see it in real time. So you can notice the difference. And on the flip side of that, you're totally right. The other part of it that our brain freaks out about is like, what are other people going to think? They're going to think I'm lazy or not doing a good job. Basically your brain kind of keeps you stuck at a ping pong where it's like either way, it's telling you there's a problem Mm -hmm. when really there's not necessarily a problem. First of all, you don't know what other people are going to think. For all you know, they could be jealous and be thinking, man, I wish I could do that. I want to be more like them. Like, what a great example. I'm going to try more. Like, who knows? Mm -hmm. Maybe they are thinking that's lazy or you're not doing a job. But the only reason they'd be thinking that is because they've also been socialized to believe that rest is a problem when it's not. So I think we all do this, right? Like, we're socialized to focus on what other people think and worried about if they don't like us and what's going to happen. But what matters is what you think. Like if you truly are feeling rested and giving yourself rest and you feel good about that, you're not even going to be bothered if someone disagrees with you. You're going to be like, you're confused. This feels great. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. But it is a practice to like come back to ourselves and come back to what do I think? What do I want? And just let other people have their thoughts. That's fine. You don't have to change their thoughts and feelings. That's not your job. You're not in charge of that hmm. You mentioned something that made me think
0: about how I don't know about you, but it happened to me in the past whenever I would see somebody resting like that or taking their day off or I would judge them. I would be that person. But just I just want my people to notice that like if you're judging that, then you're judging your own self for doing that. And that's going to be a roadblock for you to achieve that rest. Um, I was, um, it reminds me of Brené Brown when she says that when you feel resentful, it's kind of like a form of, I think it's jealousy or uh, envy or jealousy, um, because you really want that. You're just not allowing yourself to have it.
1: Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. Especially when it comes to rest, oftentimes if you find that you're feeling resentful or even like judgmental of someone, that usually does signal that actually you wish you could do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. For some reason, you believe you can't. And so yes. instead of just owning that and like looking at that, you just want to project blame or shame onto someone else. And so you've got to come back to yourself. I think actually, I'm going to mention that as one of your triggers or red flags about it,
0: because I was in that dynamic with my husband. Like he was sleeping on Saturday. I'm like, how dare he? There's so much to do. And how dare he like go upstairs and play his guitar? Like, which is, I mean, that's his hobby, right? Or play video games. Until of course I found coaching. And I was like, oh, it's because I want that. I'm just not allowing myself to have that. And why? Like you say, like be curious. Why? And of course I'm socialized as a woman. So I'm thinking like I just cannot take ever a break. And I'm just very envious or jealous of him because he is allowing himself. Um and now that I see that and I'm able to take my breaks too and even go I've gone on trips by myself and like my kids at home with my husband. Um you just see the benefits of everything.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing we have to remember is no matter your circumstances, no matter what challenges you may face, you can always you always have a choice. Right. Like we do, we kind of also believe that rest is for like quote unquote the privilege. You have to live somewhere, you have to have a certain job, you have to make a certain amount of money. And when you believe that, then you your brain totally filters out all the opportunities of choice and rest you have available to you. Like, and you might not like both your choices. Maybe your choice is, okay, I can do all the cleaning. Or I can learn to be okay with it being a mess sometimes. Maybe you don't like either of those choices, but it doesn't mean you don't have a choice. And it also doesn't mean that when you make a choice, it doesn't have to be restful. You can totally get to a place where allowing it to be messy a little bit longer can feel restful. You can totally get to a place if you choose to do the cleaning for that to be restful because you're not in your head telling yourself, you know, I have too much to do. I shouldn't be doing this. My partner should be doing this. Like that's where the mindset stuff comes in is when you make your choice of how you're going to talk to yourself so you feel rested in the choice you make.
0: I love it. I'm so thankful you brought that up because owning, like first acknowledging that you have a choice because some people are like, I just have to do this. And this happened to me. Uh, Two examples come to mind. One is, I'm I'm sorry to say this, but I have a dog that hopes all over the place like we never put a trainer and i was to the point that i was gonna give the dog away i was so resentful because um i just didn't want her i'm like i keep cleaning all this but then i one day i told myself i have the choice of not cleaning that. yeah i totally can just leave that there and just realizing that i had that choice even though initially my brain had some resistance i'm like i really don't have to do it nobody's making me do that and then knowing I am doing it because I want to live in a house that doesn't have like poop bombs all over, right? So, and the same with taking out the trash. Like, I, like, why do I have to be the one? No, I don't have to be the one. I have the choice yeah. to not do that. So I love like just stepping, again, because not everybody, I, we want people who are working to jobs or who, you know, have their kids, like are homeschooling. I just want you to know that rest like Marisa is saying doesn't have to be expensive. It's not expensive. Actually, It just comes back to your thoughts like, and it can be as simple as realizing you do have a choice.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, when we believe the narrative we've been sold that rest is only a finite amount of activities that you can only access. If you have a certain amount of money or live in a certain identity, then what happens then? uh, If you're socialized as a woman or if you're an immigrant or if you're early career whatever it may be, you hustle, hustle, hustle to get to that arbitrary place where then you can so-called rest. And that to me comes straight from systems of oppression, the patriarchy, white supremacy, toxic capitalism. We totally just like pull that veil down and see that no matter your circumstance, we're not denying any challenges you have, whether it's you're working two jobs or you're a single parent or whatever it may be you can access rest in your circumstance. And when you do that, you don't have to be exhausted. You don't have to burn out, which first of all, all those systems of oppression, who do they want to burn out and to exhaust Mm -hmm. because they don't believe rest is available to them. Like it's all a facade, rest is available to you no matter your circumstance. And that's why it might look different to you than someone else. If you're a single mom, for you, maybe what's restful is getting up 15 minutes before your kids just to have some moments alone with your coffee. For another single mom, that might not be restful at all. Maybe they really decide they want those 15 minutes of sleep. That's why it's personal and unique to you and specific to you where you are in your life. It can't be defined by only this set of activities or only this type of rest.
0: Yeah, I love it that you mentioned that it can look very different depending on your situation. and. It's funny, you said that it's, that's exactly for me. There's two main things that for me are rest when it comes to parenting. One is waking up earlier than my kids. Initially, again, I had a lot of resistance. I'm like, oh, but I want to sleep more. But I, those, like you said, 15, 20 minutes right before my kids wake up that I can just have my coffee and just be by myself in stillness and in quiet, just make, a whole world of difference. And then I take whenever it's school time and I pick up my kids from school, when we get home, I stay in the, they go in, I stay in the garage. It can be like five minutes. I need that reset because other, I mean, I would just, and you would argue like Marisa is saying, oh, but I I need that time to do this to start fixing this. But it just, it's, it's like magic. Like whenever you take those five minutes, 15 minutes of rest, the rest of your time kind of like amplifies like everything else goes like in slow motion and you find yourself having more time because you're just more
1: efficient just because you took um that rest time yeah so this is a rest is such a personal journey like the way we kind of think about rest is that Rest is a preset menu at a restaurant. And that's not true. Rest is your own meal plan, for example. Mm-hmm. Like each week, if you're someone who meal plans, or even if you don't, you still have to think about what you're gonna eat and how you're gonna get that food. Every week might be different. One week, you might be ordering more takeout. One week, you might be meal prepping. One week, you might be getting groceries delivered. One week, you might go to the farmer's market. Like it's different week to week. And you're determining that based on your circumstance and what you need. It's the exact same with rest. You have to design what's right for you But in order to figure that out, you have to kind of let go of some of these false narratives and attachments to what rest is or isn't, or that has to be earned or justified. And you have to let that go to then own what is restful for you. Like right now where I am in my life, building my business, what's restful for me is I have a rental clothing subscription. So I don't even have to think about like what I'm going to wear a couple of years ago that wouldn't have been restful for me because I didn't want to spend the money there and I'd want to spend it somewhere else. So you just have to get to a place where you can decide what's right for you. And it doesn't mean it's going to be the same for someone else. Yes. And it's not going to be the same exactly
0: for your own self, like today, as it is like a year from now or months from now or even next week. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the ability to adapt to our circumstances and be be curious like okay what would work for me in this moment um i'm glad you mentioned the the planning and the clothing because one of the for me at least i'm making decisions all day long in my job and i'm making decisions all day long as a mom um, so one of the things that bring me a lot of rest is as simple as, um, diminishing the decisions that I have to yes. make. And one of the ways that I do that is wearing scrubs to work. Like yeah. I'm just get my scrubs. I have my uniform and even my other clothes is so simple. Like I just don't want to make, don't want to preoccupy my brain with decisions like that and the meal prepping or meal planning. Like if I already know what I'm going to eat, if I'm making dinner, I, I throw in like two or three extra servings, if I'm already there making it, and then done. I don't have to worry about that. So just look, stay open and curious. Like what are things that you can simplify and that you can add in those brief, like, I don't know, breathers of rest
1: in your life? Yes. Rest is absolutely in your choices and rest is also in reducing the amount of decision-making. For sure. I think that's why like meal kit deliveries are actually so successful. I, yeah, obviously some people want to learn how to cook and, but I actually think it has to m- more to do with it reduces decision-making from like, what do I have to eat? And when do I go to the grocery store? And you don't have to like, that's only just one example. There are decisions that you get to make that are restful that have nothing to do with money, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're a perfect example of just wearing the same thing every every day. For me, a lot of times my lunch that I do make I, I rotate between two lunches. That's it. So I don't really have to think about it. So where in your life can you reduce your decision-making so that you can get more rest? Love it. I love it. And the same
0: way, we buy like two rotisserie chickens per week and we eat rotisserie chicken. like, And we love it. I mean, it's not like we don't like it. It's something that we love. It's simple, easy, convenient that's
1: rest for us. Okay. Marisa. Okay. What are you going to say? Oh, I was going to say one, just one more example that is rest for me, but my fiance does not understand. I rewatch shows I've already seen rather than trying to pick a new show. I get really overwhelmed. I just rewatch shows. I know I like, and I've already seen. So like the, when you start to see that rest is infinite and boundless, it opens up so many more opportunities for you.
0: I love it. It's so true. That's so funny to watch the same show. Over- <laughs> yeah. And to your point that it can look very different from people to people. I'm not a big, I don't like to watch TV. Yeah. Like I just don't, I don't know. To me, it's not restful. I think that's what it is. It's just because I'm engaged in the drama and what's going to happen. And like, I just don't know, unless it's The Office, which is the only show <laughs> I've been
1: to watch in my life. Like, well, what a perfect example you not watching tv is your rest me watching the same show over and over is my rest yes I know it's 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 fascinating um and for me some people
0: would hate baking I love to bake just it's just so therapeutic um and it's just kind of like my way I thought I was not creative at all I'm like no I'm not a creative type but I've seen that with my baking is when I kind of like get into the stone, oh, let's put this like this. And what if we have that? And it's just kind of like a playground for me.
1: Yeah. And um, creativity and for this whole narrative that there are creative people are not creative people is a total myth. Everyone <laughs> has creativity. Like, I don't know when we got like sold that idea that you're either creative or not, but everyone can be creative. That doesn't mean you're the best artist or necessarily can sing. It can be that you bake or love to paint your nails or rearrange your furniture and engaging in those creative activities actually reduces your stress hormone. So it truly does help you rest. I'm a big, I like to bake too. I'm, I don't own a bakery. I don't know if I'm a good baker, but I love it. It's relaxing. Love it.
0: Well, Marisa, I've loved this conversation. Do you have anything else you want to add um, that my audience could benefit from? Maybe kind of like, a couple of things they can some questions to take home and ponder
1: yeah i definitely would challenge you all to ask yourself yourself some powerful questions that will help your brain find helpful answers to get rest so some of the ones i'd recommend is how is rest available to me right now what would rest look like for me today in what ways can i access rest this week what is my body telling me that I need for rest? Just notice how those questions direct your brain to find an answer, not to tell you it's not possible or not available. It, it leaves it open-ended enough so your brain goes and finds it. Mm-hmm. So just think about how you're directing your brain. If you're spending all day thinking, I'm too busy, I don't, have, I don't have enough time, of course you don't believe you can rest. But if you spend your mornings and days thinking, how can I rest today? Or what does rest look like for me today? Or where do I access rest today? You're going to find that answer. I love it. What about, I have one particular person, one of
0: my clients in mind right now, who, who always says, no, but I don't have time. I don't have time. Like what? And I, these are wonderful questions, but is there any, any particular cue that that person that truly believes they don't have time, like not absolutely. They're so overwhelmed. What can they, what's kind of like, um, I call it like a glimpse, like just opening a window of a little bit of an opportunity there.
1: I actually think that's where talking about choices and a reducing decision-making is the best place to start. It's like, okay, let's just say you don't have time. Where can you reduce your decision-making? Is it in having the same meal every single day for lunch? Is it in, you know, uh, doing this instead of this? Is it in having this routine set, wearing the same thing? Like Even if we accepted that to be true, that you don't have time in what you're doing in the time you do have, where can you reduce the decisions you're making? Where can you just make the same decisions over and over so you don't have to keep thinking about it? I love that. Love that. It changed my life for me,
0: at least in the areas that I did it. I love that. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Tell my people where they can find you. They want to learn more from you or work with you.
1: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at public health coach, um, or the redefining rest podcast. You can also find me on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, Marissa McCool or McCoolcoaching.com. And I'll also say rest is a practice. It's a lifelong practice. It's not about being perfect. It's not about getting it right. It's an ongoing practice. I'm still working on constantly. So wherever you are in this journey, that's okay. Like this journey doesn't end as long as you know, we're here. I love it.
0: Thank you, Marisa, so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for joining me today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a beat. Also, if this was helpful for you, share it with a friend and also you can share it in social media. It helps get the podcast to more and more people. Also, if you want to download my free planning guide, make sure you go to my website, MD. I would love to see you there. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.